Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, it'll be the Bucks at the Saints, 1 p.m. Sunday. At whatever they call that place now. I think it's the Caesars Dome. Is that what it is? Yeah, Caesars Steve? Sportsbook or something like that. No longer Mercedes-Benz. Yeah, I made that mistake in copying. It got corrected, thank God. <laughs> I mean, there used to be two Mercedes stadiums, right? There was one in Atlanta and one mm-hmm. in New Orleans. It's very confusing to me, but what, regardless. But, I mean, honestly, as a fan, as it's impossible to keep up with these stadium names. Oh, anymore. yeah. Yeah, I mean, what Heinz Field's now like Accusure Stadium, and yeah, the Bengals the went from Paul Brown Stadium was... to Paycor Stadium, and it's like they change right. so frequently. It's like, how can you keep track? Well, the you know the Brown family finally, and you know this in Cincinnati, they would never sell the naming rights, mm-hmm. and that actually ticked off the other thirty-one owners to no end. They're like, wait a minute. Well, there, there was three teams. There were three teams that have not sold naming rights. Now there's two. Yeah. There's two others that have not sold the naming rights. Do you know who they are? I'm going to say Soldier Field, Correct. Chicago. Correct. And that one's about to change because they're going to end up in uh, a suburb. Arlington Heights, uh, yep. Yeah, Arlington Heights. Uh, and then I would say uh, Lambeau Field. That is the other one. Yeah. And those are your those are just your legacy teams that just they don't, get, they don't care. <laughs> it's like you can't tell us what to do. We're a legacy team. Yeah. But the rest of them, they're making money. And finally, the Browns are too. But regardless, that's where the game is, in case you were wondering. And even better, for me anyway, it's at 1 p.m., <laughs> which means I might actually get some sleep before I have to start my day on Monday. So, you know, it's interesting. We uh, talked to Tom Brady on Thursday, and as we always do. Um, and, you know, you, you start – you start combing through Tom Brady records, right, and, you, and you'll, your eyes will gloss over it, just how he has all of them, right? Like, no one's played longer. No, nobody's thrown for more, you know, touchdowns and all that stuff. Um, and then, you know, you start looking at the records. Like, last week, there's a great clip on NFL Films where I'm trying to think who was on the bench with him. I think it was Cam Braid or somebody, and he goes, he, uh, he was something like, you never lo- no. It's Mike Evans. He goes. You never lost these guys. Are you like six and zero against them? Right? And he goes. Yeah. And he goes. And you knew that too, didn't you? He goes. Oh, only because it came up last week or something like that. So he's now seven and zero against the Cowboys. He's never lost the Cowboys. Never lost to the Bucks. I think he's beat them four times. There's a bunch of organizations that he's never lost a game to. It's four or five of them. They showed it on. Yeah. The, they showed it on the telecast the other night. I was. You didn't yeah. see that watching it. And, yeah, I did. And, and the rest of them. Like, he's got winning records against everybody, right? Like, I mean, because he's the winningest quarterback of all time. And, you know, most years he's winning 10 to 12 to 14 games. And so never been a more winning quarterback and all that. And then there's New Orleans. And against the Saints, he's 4-5 and five lifetime, which is a losing record to the Saints. Whether, you know, one of those losses or, or, or so came with the Patriots. And, of course, here he's lost four regular season games, and then they won the one game. That counted the most, obviously, in the NFC Divisional Playoff back in 2020 season. Went on to win the Super Bowl. So, you know, 
if you had to pick one, right, that's the right one. That's that's the clutch gene that he has. But it's weird that that organization, and they've been good for years. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. You know, when Drew Brees was playing, obviously, Sean Payton coached there for 15 seasons. They have a good, solid roster. They still do today. Um, but but certainly in his older days with, with the Bucks, they have owned – I mean, the Saints have really controlled this series like nobody's business. Now, they lost two games to them a year ago, and they still managed to win the NFC South. So who cares, right? Well, you do care because it cost them home field advantage. As it turned out, Green Bay lost their first playoff game, and if the Bucks had managed to beat the Saint or beat the Rams, they would have hosted San Francisco in the NFC Championship because they were the second seed. So seeding and all of that. I mean, obviously, when you play a division game, everybody says, "Well, it counts twice," and that sort of thing. And I, but but for the Bucks, they're like just sort of like tired of hearing about it, right? It's the old "yeah, but" and and still, they're the ones with the jewelry, not New Orleans. So you wouldn't trade the jewelry for all those wins that New Orleans has against you in the regular season. I get that. If you're going to win this year, though, the Saints kind of have that team that could not only win the division, but some people, including Peter King and others, are picking to go to the NFC Championship game or maybe beyond. And, you know, there's 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 a good argument for it. And just in terms of personnel, we know their defense has been pretty elite for years. Um, they added Tyrone Matthew and, and some others, but Cameron Jordan, you know, I mean, you can go right down the line. That is a formidable defense. Marcus Davenport, all those guys. Uh, and then, you know, offensively, it's going to come down to how well does Jameis play. But you know what? You could match their receivers against anyone's, including, I would dare say, the Buccaneers. Um, because if Michael Thomas is going to be Michael Thomas, and he seemed to be that way against Atlanta with two touchdown catches. If Jarvis Landry, who's played forever, is still a, a relevant receiver and maybe made the biggest catch in that comeback against Atlanta last week, and then you have Chris Olave, who I think is an outstanding rookie um, that's going to be a good player in this league for a long time from Ohio State. Those are three really good players, and you still have Alvin Kamara, you know, who is a do-it-all running back that has given this team fits every time you play him. So... This is this is a, you know, with that defense that has just tormented Brady throughout his career, um, with the weapons that Jameis has, Jameis now in his eighth season, what it means to him, all of that. I, I mean, it's his kryptonite, and it, and it may be again. I mean, this is going to be a tough, tough game for the Bucks to go in there and win. It, well, it always is. It's a tough place to play for anybody. It's... They're, you know, there's still that monkey on the back. I mean, yes, you won in the playoffs, but the Bucks no, they haven't won since Ryan Fitzpatrick went nuts. That's incredible, right? Yeah, 2018. Mm-hmm. You know, Jameis wants to to prove oh. to the Bucks still that he should be their quarterback. Still, the biggest question is how will they do without Sean Payton? You know, it, it was right. it was the kryptonite more Sean Payton, or was it the players? And it's probably a combination of both. I think Sean Payton's a hell of a coach. You know, how will they do without him calling the plays on the sidelines in this matchup? In this, you know, and there's been a lot of discussion whether this is a rivalry or not. I don't know what your thoughts are, and I've kind of thought a little bit about it. But if you're the best two teams in the division for many years, even if it's one-sided, it is a rivalry. Because the first goal of any football team is to win your division, is it not? It has to be. That's the only way you're guaranteed of making the playoffs. Well, guaranteed to make the playoffs and getting a home home game. 
sure. in the playoffs, which is very good for your organization. You know, both, you know, possibly advancing, but financially as well. Absolutely. You know, if you're the best two teams in your division, and they, they've pretty much been for the last three years for sure, you know, despite the outcomes, although the, the, the weirdest part of it has been some of the outcomes have been extremely lopsided. Well, and, and the Bucks have not scored. I mean, that's, this is the mm-hmm. thing. Like, they mm-hmm. lost last year at home 9 to nothing, mm-hmm. right? A couple years ago, they were beaten at home 38-3. to They were down 28 so nothing early in the second quarter. Oh, it was brutal. I mean, you, you've got two games that Tom Brady quarterbacked against the New Orleans Saints at home at Raymond James, and they scored a total, a total of three points. That's, in, that's unheard of for Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. He's got more touch, more interceptions than touchdowns over those five games. Um, you know, he had a couple a couple games where his completions percentage was under fifty eight percent. I mean, those are numbers you just don't see ever with Tom Brady. And so, you know, obviously Dennis Allen, uh, who is the defensive coordinator and now the head coach, has the formula right. And more than that, he's got the personnel. Because it's one thing to say, well, here's the scheme. Yeah, but can you mm-hmm. run it? Mm-hmm. And and what they like to do is they get pressure with four down linemen. I mean, they they don't have to bring in a lot of blitzes on third down. I think they, they blitz less than 50% of the time when they get you in that situation. And they can, you know, play man coverage behind it if they want to. But they can also keep two deep safeties and keep you from running by them. And then what happens is you start throwing these intermediate routes and they start breaking on the ball. You know, they start breaking up plays and intercepting balls because they know what you're trying to do. They're just so disciplined and so well coached, but they have the personnel. You know, Cam Jordan, you can't block him one-on-one, you know. Um, they, they can just get after it, and they know that Brady doesn't want to get hit, and they get pressure inside. Um, and as we're doing this, we're watching the Los Angeles Chargers and – Justin Herbert is down. Yeah, he just got drilled in the stomach. This is play-by-play, so I don't know if he broke a rib or what, but was his leg uh, vulnerable at that point? No, I think I, he was holding his no, stomach think, area and I stuff. I don't know if it's the wind just knocked rib, out of yeah. him. or Took a helmet right there, maybe. Yep. Although I don't think it's wind knocked out of him at this point. No, I think he cracked something. We'll know tomorrow, folks. Well, the Stay most tuned. expensive uh, backup in football. Well, uh, the most lucrative, I should say. Chase Daniel. There he is. <laughs> wait, there's wait, there's some money falling out of his pocket as, as we stand here watching him warm up. Holy cow, has that guy made a lot of bread, huh? Oh, uh, we digress. Yeah, he's made... Uh, we were just talking about this before. The, over $10 million or Oh, no, no. he's It's like $60, 60 million, million or something like that. I mean, Jeez. He's, <laughs> Holy hold on, God. Let me, let me see if I can find it here. That is such such a pile of money. Uh, I mean, he's been in the league what thirteen years now. Thirteen out of out of I'm going to say Purdue, right? Missouri, Missouri. Oh, that's right. Shoot, Missouri. I knew they were black and gold. I was close. Yeah, I had Missouri. the colors right. Missouri, Missouri. Career earnings. Let me see here. I could be wrong in the figure, but career earnings looks like forty forty one million. Hey, what's what's a mere nineteen million among friends? Seriously, <laughs> for a guy that hasn't, what's the most games he started in any one season? I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that it's maybe five or six. Hold on, let me look this up it's here. Been more than that? No, I'll look it up here. Hold on, games started. 
two. <laughs> okay. Wow. He started I five doubled. games in his career. In his career? Yeah. Okay. All right, then. Yeah, he's played, well, played in 70, started five. Wow. Incredible. You know, when Ryan Griffin thinks that that's messed up, right? <laughs> well, Ryan Griffin hasn't made that much money. <laughs> <laughs> no. He's also not played that much. He's got four whole passing attempts and two whole completions more than I do. But good for him. I mean, they don't just hand those jobs away. Well, we were talking about the Bucks, and we were talking about Tom Brady and and how Dennis Allen has controlled him. Um, and and it look, it's in it's it. Somebody asked me the other day, you think that this is in their head? I'm like, yeah, it's in their head. It's on the field. It's it's in the game plan. Like it's it's everything. You know, they they get outplayed. Now Brady made the point today. He said, you know, we haven't played very well when we played them. You got to start there. You got to say, you know, we got to play our game. You know, we can't turn the ball over. Well, one of the reasons you turn it over is the combination of the rush and coverage. And, you know, that's a credit to New Orleans and what they do schematically and the personnel they have. Um, but you were talking about rivalries, and I agree with you. Uh, right now, at least, and, and really for a while, because the Saints have been relevant, you know, for a good, good time here, um, there's more venom and vitriol and incidents that have occurred in the Saints-Bucks series than there has ever been, I think, with Atlanta or Carolina. Um, and I know that the Saints and Atlanta are, are pretty good rivals because of the geographic you know, proximity, and, and they've had some big games. Um, but really, you know, there are trash talkers extraordinaire on both sides. I mean, guys that, you know, and, and starting with Mike Evans, who got thrown out of a game one time, you know, because mm-hmm. he, he back-checked one of their players, Marshawn Lattimore or somebody, that was mouthing off to someone and uh, got got tossed out of a game or suspended for a game for as a result or whatever. So th- there's a lot that goes on, um, you know, on the field between the two of them, and um, I think that's going to continue. I really do. I, I don't. I don't see them either team really backing down because, you know, to the victor goes the spoils. I mean, the 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 one thing the Bucks can do is show up and flash their jewelry, <laughs> and that would be the ultimate, yeah, but. Um, but the Saints know that they have the recipe, and they're going to be very confident. This is the home opener for the Saints. They came back down 16 against Atlanta in the fourth quarter. Jameis Winston was incredible. Threw for over 200 yards in, in, in the final quarter there and brought them back. Um, they're vulnerable, it looks like, or at least they were against Atlanta, to running the ball. And here's what I want to say, because I know this is going to happen, and I think it's going to be the case all year. The Bucks with Todd Bowles are going to run the football. And I think they can be successful at it. I really do. And I think they've known, they've been saying this for a while, that they think that their line is better than you think that their offensive line is. And the one thing I will say about Robert Hainsey and guys like uh, Luke, Luke Gadecki and you know some of those new guys um, is that Shaq Mason and others, they can run. They can move. These are mm-hmm. athletic, big athletic guys. You saw how many toss plays they ran, how much how much they got the edge, how many times they pulled guards and got, you know, into the second level. Um, Hainsey running 20, 25 yards downfield, laying people out. You can see that they're doing some things to get the perimeter and spring guys, uh, especially Leonard Fournette, who had 127 yards. It's impressive. 
Now, pass protection, you got to button that up a little bit. Brady got hit too many times. He got sacked twice. So they're going to have to have a plan because Cam Jordan and his guys are going to come. But if you can keep him upright, you know, if you can give him time to throw, I think they're going to they're going to try to pound the ball. And, and they had success, Atlanta did, the Falcons with Cordell Patterson and, and Mariota and others. They ran all over New Orleans, you know, uh, to the point where I don't know how they didn't finish the game when you're up 16 in the fourth quarter. They should have been able to close it out by running the football. But they weren't able to get enough first downs to keep the ball out of Jameis's hands. And I think that the Saints showed some vulnerability in the run game. So you're gonna, you know that they're going to try it with Fournette, who is nicked up. He's got a hamstring issue. He's been limited. Uh, I, I do expect him to play. You know, obviously they got, uh, you know, other, other backs that can fill in if they need to, uh, if he can't go, but I expect him to play. The injuries are kind of weird. Like all these, all these receivers were listed as injuries, like five guys on the injury list. We haven't seen Julio Jones this week at practice, which is not good. Uh, he's down as a, as a knee injury. And this was the thing with Julio Jones is that, you know, not only did he miss games in Tennessee, he never practiced. He just wasn't available to practice. And I, I'm one that believes that the, that the guys that practice tend to play better on Sunday. I know there's a case to be made for, well, a guy's been in the league, he knows how to prepare, doesn't really matter what he does Wednesday. It does matter. It does matter. And so I don't know if we'll see Julio Jones. Russell Gage is back. I think Mike Evans is going to play. He's been limited, but we had a chance to talk to him on Thursday, and I, I definitely think that he's going to go – uh, so they'll have, and they got plenty of depth at receiver, mm-hmm. but you're not going to get Chris Godwin out there because that would be foolish to play him with a hamstring coming off the knee injury. Yep. Um, you know, so yeah, I think it's easier for someone like Mike Evans not to practice and play than Julio Jones. And the yeah. reason I say this is because Mike Evans and Tom Brady have chemistry. Absolutely. Julio Jones and Tom Brady don't yet. Absolutely. I mean, they're developing and growing it. So w- yes. when it's somebody who who knows the system and has chemistry. Like, if Gronk missed a week of practice last year... You wouldn't worry played, about it. You wouldn't worry about him and Tom. No. You know, if Russell Gage misses a week or Julio Jones misses a week... Yeah, it's a problem. I mean, it, that chemistry between Tom and them aren't there yet. It's growing right. and building, and, and every rep accounts of that. But, you know, it just... Yeah, I don't, I don't think, you know... If Julio's not practicing, I don't think he plays unless you absolutely need him. Chris Godwin shouldn't play. Mike Evans, you know, if he can go, he'll Mike go. will play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked to him. I mean, he seemed he seemed like he's going to go. He has a calf injury. I think he's going to go. The sad thing about the whole Jones situation is, if you go back and watch that Dallas game, Julio Jones impacts the game without getting the football. Mm-hmm. Like he's one of those guys that absolutely creates so much freaking space, right? Because He's so fast. He got up to 20-something miles an hour, I think, on that one deep ball that he caught, the 48-yarder. But, you know, and, and, in that, and on that play, the guy was playing 10, year, 10 yards off the ball. And, brother, he got to him in a hurry and ran past him like he was standing still, not giving him 10 yards cushion. And there was a couple other routes where he ran some goes, and you want to watch the safety come over. You see guys doubling him up in the middle of the field for Mike Evans is wide open. You know, so he creates so much space. So without him and without Godwin, yeah, you got Prashard Perriman. It's got some good speed, but they have to respect respect what Julio Jones has done. And because if he's on the field, you got to assume he's going to be Julio Jones. And he was. He was tremendous 
in that first game. So you hope that this is precautionary. But again, and I always say this, like the, the you know, it, the Bucks have the oldest roster in the league, and it's not by accident. Um, you know, they're not buying green bananas with Tom Brady as the as the quarterback. Brady has a certain trust and respect level for these veterans. The problem is they played so long, they don't practice very much, and a lot of guys that don't practice don't play well on Sunday. And, you know, it's a young man's game. For, and, you know, we're sitting here with a 45-year-old quarterback that's the greatest of all time. He's a unicorn, right? He's the outlier. But, it, but everybody else, you don't get more productive and generally healthier as you get older in this league. It just doesn't happen. Week one was the healthiest anybody is going to be on this football team. That's it. They went out there with their full complimentary receivers. They even had Chris Godwin, and they did what they did. They took care of the Dallas Cowboys. Now you go into New Orleans, everything has changed. You've got Green Bay next week. You've got Kansas City the week after that. No oh boy, Kansas City's really good, by the way. Um, you know, even if they've lost Tyreek Kill, they're damn good. So it, it's going to be a tough start, and this is a division game. Um, you know, I, I wonder and it's only week one, but I wonder how many of these guys are going to make it through a whole season. Like, and I don't just mean just the usual wear and tear, but like, are they going to be able to practice? I mean, we're one week into it, and I don't know that, that being the oldest team is going to pay a lot of dividends for you in a 17-week season. I, I guess, you know, this is kind of the grand experiment of this. It really is. You know, can they, can they hold up? And if they can, th- then you like their chances. In yeah. the playoffs, with all the experience, with Tom Brady quarterbacking, and and if Tom, if the running game can work this year, and take some of that wear and tear off Tom throughout the season, then you really like it. Absolutely. You know, if he's not throwing the most attempts and the most yards in the NFL, that's a good thing. Absolutely, absolutely. And Rashad White's got to be a big part of that. And I think for long, Giovanni Bernard and. Keyshawn Vaughn, they've all, you're going to yep. need more than one running back because I think it's too much to put on Fournette. He's already got a hamstring issue, um, you know. So you're going to need all those guys. But they're going to run. Look, they're going to run the football unless they get way behind. Well, they it, are it, not going to. They're not going to go into the game saying, you know what? I think we should throw it 45 times. That's just not going to be the game plan this but year. What you liked in that Dallas game, and one young lineman, and, and as you mentioned, they're athletic. Mm-hmm. Usually, run blocking is is that's a, the easiest thing to yeah, do. It's easier than yep. pass blocking. Yep, but. What makes this team so successful, particularly if Leonard Fournette's running that way, is that as soon as Dallas started stacking the box to stop the run, Brady picked them up. Went over their heads. He picked them up. Yeah. They threw it over their heads. You know, yep. you have a quarterback that can recognize that and go, okay, my turn now. Yep. And so, you know, if, if the running game is working and those young linemen are doing what they're supposed to in the run game, it just makes it so much easier for the Bucks. Absolutely. They'll bring guys up in the box, and Tom's going to throw it over the head. He has a very simple approach that a lot of people talk about. It's very easy to say. It's hard to do. You know, you want to play back. You want to play cover two. We're going to run the ball against the seven-man front. You want to play a guy down in the box and try to stop the run. We're throwing it over your heads. You can play outside leverage. We're throwing it inside. You're playing inside. We're throwing it outside. He lives that. He lives it. He doesn't care about stats. He doesn't care about anything except having the answers to every test. And um, and he does that, and and he'll. It's all about execution, and they're going to get better. You know, teams get better as they play. The offensive line is going to get better. They've got to finish some drives. They were down there a ton. They could have beaten Dallas, you know, thirty to three if they had, you know, just gotten the ball in the end zone a couple more times. So, 
you know, all that's coming. But this matchup, this team at this time in the home opener, I think it's going to be a, a really tough task. And, and I, I think the Bucks are tired of hearing it. And I, I really do believe that they're going to hand the ball to their running backs and use the play action. And they are going to try. I, I, I believe this too. You're going to see the Bucks play a lot of close games this year. They're not going to be that team that scores over 30 a game like they have been. And you know what? They may win more games, um, even though even though that will be the case, because they're going to be all about you know, trying to uh, protect Brady, control the clock, help their defense. You know, that, that's what defensive coaches do. Todd Bowles is going to help that young defense against an explosive offense like the New Orleans Saints. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, we've got a lot to talk about. We've got uh, some mailback questions later up. We'll discuss the Rays. But first, I want you to know that uh, my electric bill, and I'm, I'm, people, somebody asked me, like, are you going to, you know, you're going to get, yeah. I do. I want to talk to the guys at May Electric Solar because my electric bill is going up too. It's a family-owned business. They've been operating for 12 years. You've got a lot of companies that promise things, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and service warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all its products and conducts on-site testing. You can see what the They'll install plus. They don't use subcontractors. You know exactly who is doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862 to schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long and preserve the quality of your life and the quality of your appliances. That's May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. All right, well, you know, I thought it was important that Tampa Bay Rays in that five-game series with Toronto managed to win the final game, and that's huge. Uh, but there were a lot of cool things about this game, not the least of which for the Rays, the biggest sigh of relief, Shane McClanahan coming back off of that shoulder impingement injury. Uh, looked really good, sharp, um, threw the ball with velocity, all of that. Uh, you know, tossed up some shutout innings, obviously. And then the Rays' bats came alive. I mean, Yandy Diaz had a three-run homer, I think, in the first inning, put them ahead, helped put them ahead four to nothing, and they went on from there. Um but it was a really, you know, it, it, it's just different, man. When you when you win that game, um, you know, yeah, you lost the series, but you take the last one, you get just a little bit of momentum, um, and 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 you're you're only a half game out of, you know, the wild card lead with both uh, Seattle, I think, and Toronto, if I'm not mistaken. So they gained back a little bit of ground. This thing's going to come to the end, um, but that was a big win, and there was a really cool thing about it as well about the lineup. This on this game yeah so it's roberto clemente day it's what the uh, anniversary of his 3000th hit mm-hmm. and so it's also the the start of what hispanic heritage month mm-hmm. which goes from september 15th to october 15th which is not the usual way you do you know honor months but uh the rays started a lineup one through nine of batters that were all latino hispanic uh from countries like dominican republic and Colombia and Cuba and that. So it's that's the first so time cool. in MLB history. So cool. That that's happened. And they were all wearing the number 21 for Roberto Clemente, too. I love that the Rays were the team that did that. I really do. I think, you know, they, they've obviously, like a, lot of, like a lot of teams, have representatives from a lot of different nations and things like that. But that, that was really cool. And, and, oh, by the way, did they go out there and produce or what? 
the bats came alive, man. They were hitting the ball all over the yard. Yeah, they actually got Shane McClanahan some offense, and he looked good too after uh, what being out yeah. fifteen days. Right. But yeah, eleven nothing. They beat the Blue Jays in the final game, so they take uh, two of five in that series. Right. Won three out of eight on the road trip, so three and five. Not a not a great road trip, but at least you won the last no. game. You're now a half game back of both Seattle and Toronto for the wild card, the top wild card. And I think there's only like nineteen or twenty games left in the season. Uh, nineteen. Nineteen. Wow. Yes. Yep. And the last right, home stand good. starts tonight for the Rays. They have a ten game home stand. And then they'll, the last nine will be on the road. So this is ten home games. You got Texas in uh, over the weekend. You got Houston Monday through Wednesday, and then you get Toronto for four next week. So that's your last home stand for the Rays. And then they'll finish at Cleveland, at Houston, and at Boston. Yeah, those are tough. I mean, you know, both Cleveland and, and Houston obviously tough teams to play. But getting Toronto at the top, they have a chance to to you know get back on top of the wild card and. Mm-hmm. It's just been that kind of year, man. They just had to grind it out, you know. Um, but you hope their bats come back. Just having McClanahan back is huge for them. I mean, you know, that just settles your starting rotation. It settles your your bullpen, which was kind of taxed there for a little bit. Um, so they got to get back in that winning mode. But uh, that I think it was a huge game for them. I really do. I think I think taking two out of five instead of you know going one and four, I think, is a big swing. Uh, in terms of momentum and, and you know, obviously in the standing. So good for them. We had some mailback questions left over the other day, so we should we should try to hit some of those as well. Yeah, we didn't get to our Rays question. So Nelson had, uh, I believe he emailed us, said, I think the Rays don't put G-Man Choi on the playoff roster, of course, if they make it. He says, Aranda's hitting so well, and he swings from the left side. Also, where's your love for Yandy Diaz's glove this year? You have beat up on him in the past, so you should change your stance on his glove. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Wait a minute. You just you just jumped my my stuff for being bad on Yandi's defense and then you try to butter me up at the end. Love the show. Keep up the good work. You're an idiot. Um Okay. Yeah. You know what? Yandi Diaz has surprised me. He really has. Not in a G Man Choi at first base surprise, but he has made some outstanding plays mm-hmm. at third base. Mm-hmm. I mean in the hole, diving, all kinds of things. And, he, and he's gotten up and thrown guys out from there. I still don't think he's the most fluid of infielders I've ever seen. Um, when you're that big, he, how can you be? Yeah, he's just he's so <laughs> yoked up. I mean, you know, yeah. But um, the earth kind of shakes when he hits it. But has he played better than I expected? Sure. Do I think that... I just don't think there's anywhere else to play him. Right, I guess he could play first, right? right? But that's where G Man is, so he's not he's not hurting you over there as much as I thought he would. Mm-hmm. And he does come up with the occasional great play. I still don't think he's a great third baseman. I mean, I I do give him credit for the work he's done, and mm-hmm. he's held it together. He, look, his biggest thing has been his offense. I mean, this guy he does not swing at bad pitches ever, and to the point where umpires can just you know if he takes it, consider it a ball because. Trust me, he, he organizes his strike zone pretty damn good. But the consistency, how long he has been consistent this season, um, he has carried this team at times, and he's managed to stay healthy for the most part when a lot of guys have been going in and out of that lineup um, and just a great leader on top of that. So to me, if you weren't going to give the MVP to, say, Shane McClanahan or one of the pitchers, position-wise, don't, wouldn't you agree Yandy Diaz has been their best player this year? Uh, I would say Yandi or Randy. 
Or Randy. Yeah, Randy's got 80-something RBIs, mm-hmm. so you're right. It's very close. I mean, those guys have been sense. healthy for basically the whole year, which helps too. Yeah, they've both been able to be post numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Randy, Randy, especially of late, has really really turned it up. Yeah, he has. But, I mean, you know, Yandy Diaz, yes. Has his defense gotten better than I ever anticipated it being? Absolutely. It's, yeah. I equate it a little bit to G-Man Choi. Who yeah. has made himself into a serviceable first baseman defense? Sure, he has. Yeah, and and, and he, he's a lot better than when he started there. And he, has, right. I mean, he has improved markedly. Is he one of the best in baseball? No. And and Yandy at third, the same thing. I mean, he's improved himself a lot, and he's made himself very serviceable. Hmm. But it's it's his offense. This is bat that you love, and so you're not going to yeah. take him out of the lineup on a regular right. basis. Right. So whether whether next year, depending on how. Positionally, it shakes out with Aranda and all that. Is Yandy going to play more first base? You know, I, I look is G Man Choi on the playoff roster? Maybe not. I don't so know. You I like mean, the fact that he's a left-handed bat. You do, but you got Aranda there now. True, true. I mean, you could put Aranda there if you because Aranda's bat's fantastic. It's oh, his, it's his great. defense that's not very good, right? And that's right. the whole reason Aranda has not been up here most of the season. It's he needs to work on his glove. The, the defense is not there for him. And we know how important that is to the Rays. And so that's what he's been down and working on in the minors this year. Because his bat, he should have been up here most of the year, if not all year, based on Yeah, I mean, bat. he barrels everything. I mean, between him and Franco, those two guys barrel everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can count on something's going to be hit hard someplace. It really may just depend on the matchup, what team they're facing. You know, the first series is, you know, you can switch it around. I mean, you know, you could put a Ronda on for the first series, the wild card series. And if you win that, switch to G-Man for the division series. You know, it's not like your roster set for the whole playoffs. Right. But just for that series, once you so, set it for that series, you yeah, have to It may away. depend on who you're facing, who the pitchers are. Sure. You know, who you're expected. To, you know, if you're facing Seattle compared to Toronto or if you're facing Cleveland, you know. Sure. How it may shake out, that may determine who's going to be on the roster. Right, right. Uh, the Tampa Bay 98ers had uh, tweeted us as well. He says, does Taylor Walls have a realistic chance at a gold glove this season? Will he at least be a finalist? I mean, you know, he's been after some uh, some a shaky start. We talked mm-hmm. about how he had some defensive struggles and kind of a slump there for a while, and I think part of that was that he just wasn't swinging the bat very well, and you can take your defense out to the infield. But once once he got settled at shortstop, I mean, he's made some fantastic plays. Gold Glove, I don't know. I'd have to look at all the other shortstops in the American League. He's outstanding at what he does. I, sometimes they don't reward you for just your glove, though. You've also got to hit a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's a, a defensive award, but it just seems that that goes that way. Um, and he certainly hasn't had a great offensive, you know, season. But, uh, look, some of the plays he makes are unworldly. I mean, he really has range. And, um, you know, you just wonder, like, with Wander Franco back, okay, and I know it doesn't matter where you play in, in terms of, like, the gold glove, like, where do you think he's going to be ultimately in the infield? Is he their third baseman? Is he their second baseman? Uh, like, I think he's the utility guy. He's going to play second, short, and third and give mm-hmm. Brendan Lau, Wander Franco, and either Yandy Diaz or if it's Curtis Mead or whoever's the third, a break. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's not going to be a starter unless you have injuries. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And those guys are still valuable, and they could play mm-hmm. three out of every five games, right, trying to give guys days off. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, 
the bat really never came around the way he had hoped. And I don't follow the advanced metrics religiously, although I'll I'll see some people, you know, write some stuff about it. From what I understand, war and stuff like that. Well, yeah. I mean, war is one thing, but I mean, there's the real advanced metrics of yeah, you know. And from what I understand, Taylor Walls, you know, since Wander went down, has been elite defensively, not just what we see on the field, but the advanced metrics of the plays he's making. Yeah. He's been, you know, that's why you could can ask if he's a gold glove consideration. Because after the start he had this season, and granted, he was playing all over the place. And and you could see he just wasn't comfortable. And and he made a lot of errors early in the year. Stuff that he shouldn't be making because we know he's elite defensively. You yeah. know, And we even talked about it. Once Wander went down, that it might settle him down. Because he's going to play the same position every day. And he doesn't have to now worry about, am I at second, am I at short, am I at third? And, and maybe that helps get his bat a little more comfortable. And I think he's appeared that way at the plate. Doesn't all, the results haven't always followed. He's still got a pretty low batting average. But he looks a lot more comfortable at the plate. And he's been excelling defensively since then. Yeah. He's a good little ball player. And like I said, you know, give give this guy some time in the majors too, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's the old Joe Madden thing where you, you know, you, you, you feel like you belong, you get up there, you, you say you belong, but then you got to believe you belong, you know, and it's just like this, this process I think you have to go to, but, or go through. Um, and it's hard, you know, it's hard to be bounced around and, and, um, play different positions and, uh, be in the lineup every night or not be in the lineup, but every two or three days. I mean, those are all adjustments they have to make. So. I don't know how they do it, but they're a lot better players than I ever was, and and, um, I admire his glove is, is tremendous. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, great questions uh, on the Rays. That's always good to have. And you can send your mailbag questions in any time. We usually do these once or twice a week. We try to get to them as many as we can. You can do that by sending it to us on Twitter at SportsDayTV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Remember to uh, check out May Electric Solar. We know your electric bill is going up. These folks will help you out. They've been in business for a dozen years. Um, they can give you a 30-year labor and service warranty, $750 worth of surge protection. What else do you want? Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. We've got the Rays beginning their series against the Texas Rangers, I believe. Is that right, Steve? They're at home? Yep, yep. the Rangers in town this weekend to start that 10-game homestand. There you go, 10 games at home. Wow, they got to make hay of that. And then, of course, it's Bucks at Saints, 1 o'clock the number one Fox team is there. I will be there. We'll talk to you about that uh, sometime later on Sunday night for Monday Morning's podcast. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.